Reporting is Eligible is proudly supported by Appleton Coffee Company. They're a small local roaster in Appleton, Wisconsin, and I make a pot of their Packerland breakfast blend just about every morning. I also have a very large bag of the barrel-aged coffee that I enjoy on the weekends. If you go to appletoncoffee.com and use code RAE at checkout, you'll save yourself 10% and you will support the show. Once again, that's appletoncoffee.com, code RAE at checkout. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 17 of season 2 of Reporting is Eligible, I think. Um, this, this is the podcast following the Carolina game, the Saturday night game, which was started off great and kind of just tapered off into nothingness. I barely even remember the second half. Um, they have a game against the Tennessee Titans coming up, a game that doesn't actually matter that much other than they want to win every game to keep the one seed, but should be like the best game of the second half of the year for sure. Um, uh, two fun teams playing each other. Great offenses, no defenses. So we'll get into that a little bit too. Um, I'm a big fan of your accidental bout of nihilism. How so? It tapered off into it tapered off into, into nothing. nothing. I don't what? even remember. It doesn't even matter. The second half, like my life, the second half of my life is useless. Eat Arby's. <laughs> it was such a weird game though for that. Like they they started so great and it looked like they were just going to blow the doors off of them and then just they stopped trying a lot for some reason. It was weird. Uh, we could talk a little bit about running that. team decided they only wanted to pass. That was weird. Yeah, I made some charts too because Ar- Archon and I got mad at wide wide receiver screens because of this game, and uh, had a whole bunch of people on Twitter tell me that they're actually not that bad. So of course I had to quantify it. So I watched uh, every Devonte um, short outside throw that they've had this year and charted all of them, and then put their EPA to it and uh, came up with what his good short routes are and his bad short routes. So. We, we can talk about that, too. By the way, his worst short route is actually the slant. If you've wondered why they haven't run too many slants this year, they've run four slants to Devontae. Um, he caught two. One, he fumbled. One of the incompletions was an interception, and the other was incomplete. So um, that is why they don't run slants. It's cost them 14 points of EPA. Um, anyway, I suppose... He was, he was top two, I think, at running the slant last year. He was. He was really good. I don't, I don't know what happened. <laughs> It was bad. I suppose we should all introduce ourselves because not l- literally no one has, including me. So I'm uh, Paul Noonan, a red for Acme <laughs> Packing Company and Shepard Express. With me, as always, in Tosa. I'm J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And I think we kind of got talking without introducing Matt out of the way before we introduced any of us. So we can just introduce Matt. <laughs> Does it count if I'm the one who talked? Uh, yes. Yeah, you delay yourself. That's fine. That's allowed. Cell phones are fine. All right. Well, I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub, uh, meme weaver for Acme Packing Company and general Twitter rabble rouser. I had a I had a good good week on the twitter.com. Uh fun fact, my Tunyon time GIF is now built into Twitter's GIF search. Wow, good work. You've had your wow. uh, you've had your IP stolen for public use. Well done. No, actually, I'm pretty sure it's my own doing. Oh. Um I uploaded the I uploaded the GIF to te- Tenor, Tenor. Yep. Um, and specifically for use in the discord because we have our discord bot if you say exclamation mark tunyon it will spit out that gif and 
I put it on Tenor for that specific reason, and I'm pretty sure Tenor is what Twitter GIF search is based off of. Oh, probably so. Now that he's Pro Bowl snub Robert Tanyan, there's going to be a lot of people that want their Tanyan gifts. So this is a good Stop. way to corner the market at the right time. Stop saying Tanyan. Yeah, Bob Tanya. It's offensive. Doing it for it's you. It's offensive. <laughs> Doing it for you. I actually had a good week because a lot of people have liked my Rob, my my Rob, my Bob Tanyan story at Acme Packing Company. Um, I was not, like I was prepared to not actually be that mad about that or fake mad about it, but uh, they went and elected the worst tight end in in the NFC to the Pro Bowl instead of him, which is incredible. I, I so I, Bob, I didn't think would make it. The case for him is kind of subtle. He doesn't have huge counting stats. Um, but there's two of them, like TJ Hawkinson made it too, and Bob is way better than everybody else. Evan Engram made it, and he's real bad. He sucks. I, he does play for a bad team with a bad quarterback, but like, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad quarterbacks um, with better tight ends than him. Like like Logan is better than him, and he has two bad quarterbacks. So um, uh, Washington football team. I said Washington, didn't I? Did I say Redskins? I never said Redskins. No, you said you you, you made a slur. <laughs> wow. Whoops. <laughs> I guess I get so. To, uh, was Ing- was Ingram in the Pro Bowl last year? I don't think so. Um, because I think that so very very often when someone is deserving of the Pro Bowl and they don't get it, they get let in the next year. Very much like Leonardo DiCaprio winning an Oscar or Revenant when that movie sucked. <laughs> Whereas The Wolf of Wall Street was incredible hey, and definitely deserved to be acknowledged. See, there you go. Like that's my point. So I oh, if Ing- if I actually. For the record, I actually don't know if that movie was great, but Leo was great in it. And uh, I, oh, I have takes all day about how the Oscars do exactly what you're talking about. But <laughs> completely agree with you. So I believe that if if Engram did not make the Pro Bowl last year, this is his makeup. His makeup call. He did not. He did make. Wait, really? He didn't play. In oh, it. you're right. No, I'm sorry. I am. I am looking at the uh, the 2021. I thought I had gotten the 20 rosters. Okay. It gets tricky because you know the Pro Bowl is by the year that it actually takes place, which does make sense, but that yeah. throws you off with me. I just was, I thought I was on 2020, but nope, didn't make it. All right. So we, we think it's a makeup call for Engram, but this season wasn't like, uh, you know, just a, a an okay movie. It was a terrible movie that he made. It's just awful. So he's like last in most categories. <laughs> he's last in DVOA. He's last in counting stats. It, uh, it's not even a year delayed. He was good as a rookie. Yeah, he was okay yeah. last year, wasn't he? He wasn't great though. My favorite. He, he he was only in eleven games last year. So here's my favorite Bob stat um, over Engram. Um, Engram has five more catches than Bob Tanyan does. He has a, a, a sixty-four to fifty-nine off the top of my head, and he has twenty-one more yards than Bob Tanyan. And he got those five extra catches and twenty-one more yards over forty additional targets over Bob Tanyan. Ouch. <laughs> Evan Engram was targeted ninety-five times for fifty-five catches. Bob Tanyan, um, 55 times for 49 catches. So um, that's not good. That's very bad. I mean, you could argue Engram's a bigger part of his offense, but he's a bigger part of not catching the ball of his offense. So <laughs> stupid. Bad job, voting. So, uh, jumping ahead, I, yeah. I want to jump ahead to then to one of the questions we got, just way ahead. But JD asked if Robert Tanyan is the biggest snub in Packers Pro Bowl history. No, it's it's Bakhtiari. I think uh, Jr. had to get the correct uh, but, answer, but, but yes, yeah, now it's, in fairness, 
I don't think it's easy to find this because you know you have to go to the context. You have to try to compare how. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a number of them in history, but the one that jumped out at me, only being the 2010 scholar that I have been this last these last few months. Uh, 2010 was a particularly weird year because both Aaron Rodgers and especially Tremont Williams were merely alternates for that Pro Bowl. Uh, that, of course, is the Packers Super Bowl season. Tremont Williams was just legendary that year. I mean, he was arguably, I think you could argue, the Packers MVP that season. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers deserves some credit there, but he, he too was snubbed. But particularly interesting with Tremont because the guy who got one of the guys who got in over him was Charles Woodson, who, you know, was coming off a defensive player of the year so like he's a name recognition i get why he's there but inarguably the lesser of the two players that year in fact there was a lot of discussion that year that charles woodson that that's kind of where it began they're gonna have to move him to safety they got to figure out a way to you know keep him on the field they got to give him help things like that and at the end of the year dom capers really did a good job of making him more of a pass rusher put him more at the uh, in the slot find ways to get him closer to the line of scrimmage so that he could cause havoc that way. And that worked out great. I mean, Woodson had a great final stretch of the season, but Tremont Williams was tremendous throughout. He returned punts. Uh, he had so many big-time plays. And, of course, in the playoffs, he was an absolute superstar. So um, so that one that one stings. That one, uh, that, that was a tough year for Packers in terms of Pro Bowl snubs. Yeah. So my Matt, question for you, you. You got a good call on Bakhtiari there, though. Yeah, Bakhtiari has had two All-Pros in which he did not get Pro Bowl nods. I, I, I think that that's that, incredible. <laughs> Ridiculous. So to, to make to make all pro and not make the Pro Bowl twice, I think is it says something about the Pro Bowl. And Bakhtiari has been the best left tackle in football or very nearly for several years now. So to him seven years. Not to make yeah. it until this year is ridiculous. He's, what's the thing that they always say on Packers Twitter? Like he's top two and he ain't two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's fair. Indeed. And I mean, I think offensive line plays, you know, we know this, it's impossible. It's very difficult to evaluate. So I can't blame people who are voting for this for not getting it right. What I don't understand is how you can be all pro twice and not make the pro bowl. <laughs> that's, that's bizarre. Although Robin Yao won a couple MVPs and didn't make the all-star team either year. That's a different set of circumstances. Also true. Still, it's possible. Maybe it's the Giannis thing. Like he has a name that's hard to say. So he doesn't get the recognition off the bat that he should. <clears throat> oh, I think there's something to that actually. I mean, we all know Giannis. Really? Now, but... I, to this day, I cannot say Giannis' last name. Nobody well, can. I know that, no one can. You just know he's Giannis. But, but say Giannis. Bakhtiari... I very, I very much remember when Giannis was on his ascent. Even those of us who don't follow basketball had to hear about how this dude is really good, but no one wants to talk about him because they literally can't say his name. This is why Devin Aroma should do never got the credit he deserves. <laughs> it's true. What about Dare Dare Ogumbawale? Dare Ogumbawale? Yeah. That's right. I, I, Dare. The, I know nobody here is a hockey fan, including me, but I think the quintessential example that I always go back to is Dustin Bufflin. He used to play for the uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> oh, no, listen. Yeah, so it's not a real here's the thing. Example, here's the Paul. thing. Dustin Bufflin. That his last name is pronounced Bufflin. His name is spelled Bifuglian. It's B Y F U G L I E N. And even though I watched quite a few games that year, I never put together that they were the same person for like 50 games until somebody had told me, "Oh, Bufflin made a good play." Like where? I don't see him. It, that's that's not a real name. I, it, I refuse to believe that's a real I, name. Not kidding. Everybody knows Dustin Bifuglian in Chicago. I don't know if it if it deters people from understanding greatness, but I do think the a good cadence in a name increases that guy's visibility. You know, like LeBron James, underrated 
uh, ascent because his name was so fun to say. Like, so it's such a such a superstar name, yep. LeBron James. We've talked about there's how, a lot of names like that that fit the bill. We've talked about how you can't be a good quarterback if your name's no good, and it seems to we have. It is well. born out. Like Blaine Gabbert, Blake Bortles, just not doesn't work. That those are bad names. Trubisky. Blaine Blake Gabbert, Bortles is a steel worker. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, same deal. Yeah, that's just a, not a good name. It, he, maybe middle linebacker that works for, but not quarterback. So I think I think uh, Watson works really well. Yeah, specifically because of coming to America. I don't. I don't get the reference. I'm sorry. You lost the, me. La, the la, Mr. Randy Watson. I haven't seen that movie in a good. long time. Although there's a sequel coming out. The, 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 the front man for sexual chocolate, his name is Randy Watson. Ah, so, okay. And it's a very, very fun to say Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson the same just exact. flows. Patrick Mahomes just flows. Um, it just works. Aaron Rodgers, good name. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> See, if it was pronounced Brett Favre, it, he wouldn't have worked out. It, that's not. <laughs> that's no good. The pronunciation was, it, was, was the it, key. Was it Berman who said the, the Falcons do themselves a favor by selecting Brett Favre? Uh, probably that sounds like something because Berman would say. Whoever I can't, I as I was a, uh, a small baby child, I do not remember the draft and who the G, the uh, commissioner was in 1990, but he said Brett Favor. I think I don't know if he was reading second round picks, but probably the, it was the commissioner reading second round it. pick. I, I do remember. know that. Regardless, names are important. Yep. Chris Banjo, all time name. <laughs> great. You know who didn't work out that had a great name was Atari Big B. Very sad. Oh, good. Good call. Very good. <laughs> Speaking of 2010, you know, I I used to play Madden and keep him on my team just because I loved hearing the the announcer say his name. Atari. Like, big hit from Atari Big B. <laughs> great name. Can we get back to Packers? I suppose please? we probably we're kind of still on it. True, it's true. It's so the, okay, like I know the, the meme is describing a, a our own, I guess, meme is describing a meme on the podcast. But Paul is wants to describe some charts here. I don't know how no. we describe charts. Oh, we'll get to the charts. We'll work the charts in organically. <laughs> let's let's just start with the So oh. I was gonna say, Paul, you have you have a uh oral teardown of the DVOA <laughs> charts. It is scathing. He actually wrote I'm I'm gonna look at this. He wrote uh, 150 words just describing the charts. <laughs> you know, it's you know you're in for a, for a gripping segment when 150 words on the rundown are dedicated to describing a chart. Okay. Here we go. Well, well, so chart one is is for when we get to Tennessee, but let let's start with chart two. So uh, this is scintillating. <laughs> so let's start with the problem with the offense, okay? Because they started great. And I then, like that. And then they got worse, and um, Carolina started ganging up on the run and the Packers they never really pushed the ball downfield all game but they they certainly didn't change that in the second half they took one deep shot I think to MBS who was very well covered and after that it was just very very short very safe throws and um, they they did this the thing that um, Archon and I hate the most many times which is bubble screens or just screens where there's uh, no blockers just space or a couple blockers out there it's basically plays where they throw to Devonte and he's standing still facing forward and then he catches it and tries to go forward just just that they did four of those during that game none of them worked and they never work they're the worst plays so in, in this game one of them got six yards that one worked okay the rest of them were disasters one of them almost got Devonte killed so um i i 
I am mad about those plays, and Arkan and I were ranting about them on Twitter, that they run them too much, that they're just wastes of plays. They're not even safe most of the time. They threw one at Devontae, and he had a guy immediately in his grill. Frankly, could have almost picked it off. Um, so just to, just to kind of look into how bad those those specific types of plays are, just the, the screen with people, the screen without people, bubble screen, non-bubble screen, I, uh, I charted every um, short outside pass to Devontae over the course of the season. Um, and uh, and the EPA that went with the play. And just so you know, uh, just so everybody knows this officially, the bubble screen, that's the one where he has blockers, is the worst short throw to Devontae they do. It's been worth um, an average of 1.1 EPA per play. Most of them don't work, and uh, it, it's uh, terrible. The second worst play, so slant's actually the worst play because it's all been turnovers. They'll run four of them. Um, they've run 11 bubble screens, and they've run 14 normal screens. That's good for 0.3 per play, slightly better. But they suck for just for um, comebacks, crossers. They're they're almost a, a point per play, so like way, way, way better. Back shoulders, man, two points per play. Only three of them, but one of them was a 56-yarder. So um, anyway, those plays suck, and they should burn them and stop running them. And I got yelled at on Twitter by a bunch of people who were like, it's an extension of the run game. It's fine. It works fine. But it doesn't work fine. It's a stupid, crappy play. It's a waste of a play, and it's going to get Devontae killed. He should be doing the things where he runs forward and catching the ball because that's what he's good at. So, um, End of the rant. They did that You know who said it's an extension? You know where that phrase, it's an extension of the run play, made its way into the average fan base from? Isn't that Bill Walsh? No, it's from Madden. Oh, the Madden really? announcers, every time you throw a screen, <laughs> say, well, it's an extension of the run play. And so that's why... <laughs> That's why idiots on Twitter are using that quote against you. All right. I don't understand why they needed an extension of the run game. The run game was working fine without <laughs> extensions. It was. Aaron Jones was great. They could have just kept doing that and wasting time. And um, also, hey, was, wasn't Jamal pretty good too? Um, he, he went out, but he yeah. was hurt for a lot of it. But AJ Dillon had an 18-yard carry in this game, which was Godzilla, baby. Godzilla did a good, good job. So. That there was that too. Also, Carolina very bad against pass catching running backs, and they just didn't do that very much. Uh, it was it was a weird game plan. The only thing Carolina is good at is guarding outside receivers um, in coverage. Um, well, they're they're good at tackling, as we learned. They did a good job on that. But like this game called out for more throws to Lazard, more throws to you know, down uh, to the running backs, and it just didn't happen. So um, they they baited the Packers into throwing to Devontae a lot just by playing way off of him and then coming up and, and nailing him. Just Once they figured out he wasn't going to throw over the top, that they just bit on everything and killed him. There were, there were deep shots there if they wanted, and they just wouldn't do it. It's annoying. Um, stupid game plan. Very frustrating to watch. I hate when they're boring and frustrating to watch more than anything. But at least it didn't cost them yet. And the defense was awesome, so you got that going. Yeah. Listening to the Green 19 podcast with Tom Silverstein and uh, Olivia Reiner, of course, my colleagues at JSOnline.com, and I I recommend that podcast highly. But they made a really good point that Tom Tom didn't understand why they got away from the running game either, and wonders if it was maybe you know a mistake, uh, coaching, <laughs> you know, coaching misfire. But one thing Matt Lafleur has demonstrated in his you know almost two years with the Packers is that he does seem to learn quickly. He does adjust doesn't seem to make the same mistake over and over and over when it comes to this sort of thing. And I, I have, I, I'd be curious to know, like going forward, I'm guessing we don't see this again. I'm get and Carolina is weird because they got a unique defense and they defend things in a way that most teams don't. So it's possible that we don't, it, it doesn't even come up again, but I'm going to guess that if they're running game, I mean, this guy, this guy, we, he's a running backs guy. Like he's, he's, you know, that's all we've heard about is how they're going to be more run heavy. 
think if the run game is working this well going forward, they're not going to get away from it as quickly as they did in this game. Yeah, I do wonder if Williams being out maybe did change that a little bit because they don't like to yeah, overwork sure. Aaron. Um, and so that's definitely a possibility. Do you guys, uh, the weather didn't look too bad, but do you think that had an impact on the passing game at all? No, it was the the uh, wind was only like five miles an hour. That's kind of what I thought. It seemed like... And, and no, it was honestly like two seconds into the game, Aaron had linemen in his lap. And I honestly think that the the short passing game being the straw that stirred the drink was because there was no pass blocking. Like they had they had one successful long pass blocking attempt, and it was throwing to a covered MVS yeah. who ran his route incorrectly, sure and Aaron underthrew the ball. So. <laughs> <laughs> It was. It was. Carolina's pass rush is real, though. Like, well, how are they, how are they so bad? Carolina's pass rush. Uh, here's the thing, though. I thought Carolina's pass rush was like middling. It's kind of middling prior to this game. Yeah, um, it was a weird game that way. Yeah, the, you usually don't see the Packers get beat around this bad, and Lucas Patrick was responsible for a lot of it. But he I, and I saw people calling for Runyon to go in, which fine, but he's usually not this bad. Um, one weird, I don't know how to explain this, but one weird split that I looked up just because I always look for weather explanations is, um, the indoor outdoor split for Rogers and they've obviously played a lot more games outdoors, but he basically is never sacked indoors. I think he's been sacked once playing inside of a dome this year and he's been sacked 16 times outdoors. Now that's in nine games versus four, but it's a lot of sacks. Um, and I don't know why that would be. I don't know if the Lions just built a block better indoors. I don't know if Aaron just buys more time when he's outside for some reason but um they've had a lot of bad outside games with the the line and this was another one and i do think you're right i think that the quick passing game was the the way to save aaron from taking more shots and well great news as of today it was announced that Corey lindsley is going to come off of ir there is a chance he plays against tennessee that would be good that would put pro bowl lineman elton jenkins back into his natural position and the line should be probably good again that would be ideal good job by elton making they just don't play well they just don't play i'm I'm, at lambeau field i'm worried about the outdoors i really am Uh, we were asked to write about what what our our uh, scariest playoff matchup was today at apc and my the packers and lambeau my answer was the packers at lambeau field in cold weather i just don't think they're built for it so hopefully Hopefully, uh, they get good matchups there because, yeesh. Well, yep. I mean, I, I've been saying it pretty loud that the Packers are a dome team this year. They really That's are. the phrase I keep going back to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Why, it, why do you think it is that Carolina gums up the works against these really good teams? I mean, because, I, yeah, they, they're middling, but, like, they've done this. It is, this is not their first rodeo with making a really good team, you know, sweat it out. Yeah. They don't really make, the, the don't make antith- mistakes. I think oh, that's sorry. the oh, sorry. But I, I think it is that they really, oh. really do not make mistakes. They don't beat themselves like ever. Teddy basically never throws picks. He's he's a super accurate underneath passer. And on defense, they they just are good fundamental tacklers. The way to attack them is vertically and with the run game. And you know, running is not that efficient. So you, if you don't get lucky on a couple deep balls, if you don't have a good MVS game, you're going to struggle with this team. They're going to hang around and be a pain in the ass. Whatever, dork. <laughs> did you did you have a non-dorky answer that you'd like to give? I was just gonna say that uh, it, they remind me of like the antithesis of the Steelers team that would like lose to the Browns, then would go and beat Super Bowl contenders. 
Yeah. Where as opposed to playing up or down to their opponents, they force their opponents to play to them. That makes sense. That makes sense. Like they're they're a sneaky good team. They they're good team. another candidate candidate for regression to uh you know, a ten win team next year if they win all their one score games. Yep. I think that's quite possible. So um mm-hmm. the other I did interested wanna... on, on I'm Go ahead, JR. No, you, you, you. Run, the, run it. <laughs> Paul's about to drop 200 I, I, words worth of grass. Yeah, so here, you should so. <laughs> you should say something else before I do. I was interested in your take on, on the defense because, um, you know, Mike Davis held mostly in check, I would say. It seems like they handled themselves in the run game. Yep. Uh, I, I, I got to be honest, I, I don't really pay attention to the Carolina receivers, but uh, DJ Moore who really gave them problems. And I, I, I left that game thinking number 20 is a serious, serious liability for them. But you you aren't as down maybe on Kevin King. Pot, was Kevin King hurt? Like, I, I, it's <laughs> weird that he got caught from behind on that, picking up that fumble. Like, he didn't really have any burst. And it's just – he was just a step slow all day long. And, I mean, he looked unplayable kind of. But, honestly, <laughs> he hasn't been that bad all year. So, like, I don't, I don't know what to make of Kevin King. He's been worse lately. And he might be hurt, mm-hmm. but he definitely looks slow. Um, and he was the he was the definitely well, he the had weakest a quad part today. Earlier, or not today, Sunday. Did he have a quad injury? Sunday. <laughs> he had a quad. Yeah, he that's what he was out for. He had a quad injury, and that's why he missed multiple weeks. Yeah. Um, and that could easily be flaring back up. I don't know if you know this, but the quads are important in running in a straight line. <laughs> Never heard of that before. Ultimately, <laughs> I'm not actually that concerned about the straight line running. That's just a, a freak play, really. But the the up with the receiver is has not been great he's he's obviously not a good tackler i'm not worried about that but like <laughs> i don't know there was the first five six games of the season we were talking about where's kevin king we never hear his name and yeah. it's because he was putting people on islands and now he's so the guy that people go after i noticed a lot of plays where you'll see kevin king will be in frame when a catch is made where a, a catch is made in the soft spot of the zone in front of him yeah right. and so maybe on him Maybe a more athletic corner will get to it and get the pass breakup, or a smarter corner will break on the ball faster. But it's that's the nature of the beast. If you're going to run zone, they're going to find the soft spots. And knowing that Kevin King is a bad tackler is a he's a really good soft spot to sit in front of. He is because there's a good chance he'll break it. He's also always graded out worse in zone than man. He is uh, he is a man corner. When he plays there, he's easy to pick on. Um, also worth noting and being alarmed about, Josh Jackson was a healthy scratch in this game, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're not pressuring Kevin King for his position over the last couple games, that's not great. That's bad. They don't have a lot of depth there. They don't have a lot of cap space either. Yeah, that's going to be rough. <laughs> Secondary is going to be a tough spot. Uh, I, I mean, like you said, no, no depth. That would seem like it would scream to have Josh Jackson being active on game day. Yes, and the fact that he would. wasn't pretty, pretty weird. I mean, maybe there's some lingering unreported injury after effects, you know, like just needing to get up to speed conditioning wise or playbook. I, I don't know, but yep, always it's, possible. It's super but alarming. It's not good that King keeps beating people out and living out there. Like, I, I <laughs> even if Josh Jackson was going to beat him out, I thought Kadar Holman would start to push. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, you he, know, there was a. There was a very interesting uh, question in in the uh, Discord, which the Discord has now become just a bunch of questions that are there to terrorize me. And That's me true. Alone. It is. Um, 
But one of the questions from uh, Kaysner, he said, do you think the Packers run all the stupid wide receiver screens and quick Adams throws because they see how efficient it is for other teams against pet and soft defense? <laughs> and I said, I said, haha, it works out in practice every time. But then my question is, Kevin King is practicing against a bunch of fairly slow receivers and there's no like real tackling in practice. So maybe he just, it, that's the nature of the beast. Maybe he looks amazing in practice. Maybe. And then when he plays teams that have fast wide receivers and know how to hit zone soft spots and like. It just looks worse. My preoccupation with King and to a lesser degree, Christian Kirksey is because I feel like everybody else is really good. Like I, I know the defense <laughs> took some, so, took some criticism early, but like Barnes and Martin as linebackers, the front is so impressive. You know, you've got Alexander, the safeties in this game, Savage and Adrian Amos were rock stars. Yeah. Savage has put like, a few good ones in a I, row. Now this is looking good. This is a Super Bowl defense unless they pick on the weak spots. And right now the weak spots are number 20 and number 58. Like, let's go after those guys, <laughs> yep. right? Unless they pick on the weak spots. Look, man, only two links of that chain broke. I'm sorry you died. That's <laughs> the problem with defense. You don't get to pick where Yeah, and obviously, go. like, every defense. Every defense has holes. But And what are they going to do about it? Like, they're not going to find somebody <laughs> better than Kevin King that they're just going to put out there. Or, you know, like, I, I don't know what they do about it. It's just... Uh, it's going to be a bummer when Kevin King gets beat for the for the one touchdown that tips the scales in the you know in the divisional round of the playoffs. What if they convert a undrafted wide receiver to a corner? Who's who's the fastest undrafted wide receiver we got? Maybe he'll be the next Sam Shields. Malik Taylor. Mal- Malik Taylor. There we go. Let's make Malik Taylor into a corner. Let's see what happens. <laughs> let's, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> He's very hey, big. man, it's better than thinking that Darius Shepard could be any kind of football player. That's true. Uh, all right. Well, um, the last thing I wanted to bring up is um, Alan Lazard had a bad drop in this game, uncharacteristic. Uh, every receiver had a bad drop in this game, but his was on a like nice downfield 18-yard out. It was the Jared Cook play from the Dallas game that Aaron drew up in the sand. Mm. And later on in the game, on a third and two, Aaron Rodgers had Alan Lazard running on a mesh route wide open, and it was clearly a route designed for Alan Lazard. So he was definitely looking at him, and he was open, and Aaron just didn't throw it. Um, he ended up throwing it to a very covered Aaron Jones who lost two yards on the play. Um, do you think he was punishing Alan Lazard for dropping a ball earlier? Because this was the next throw. Didn't after he, also, he also uh, didn't look at Lazard for a touchdown? Instead, threw it to a covered Tunyon who he, he, he ended up being that. short. Yes, so those were weird. Um, and he, I mean, you can say maybe he missed him on his read, but on the one play, he was the read. He was the primary read. Like the, it was just MVS did a great job, took out three guys, nice work, and Lazard was wide wide open. <laughs> so is it, I? I don't. I assume Aaron's above such things at this point. Usually he goes back to guys who screw up to boost their confidence, not the opposite. He didn't for a while there. So he, back in the days of Jordy, he would always go, like if Jordy had a drop, he would immediately go right back to Jordy. During the the ending death rattles of the McCarthy era, he, if you dropped a pass, you were dead to him. And he would never look at you again. I do do recall that. I, I really hope that does not return. I think part of the equation has to be that the pass rush was really getting to the quarterback. So 
this this was not a good game for Aaron Rodgers all the way around. I, I mean, yeah, maybe 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 he eschewed an opportunity to throw it back to Lazard, but I don't know. I mean, he, he this just wasn't his best game. This wasn't the offensive line's best game. I wonder if that was just all part of the same package. Yeah, could be. Also, I do think this game maybe brought Mahomes back into the conversation a little bit. Um, I listened to the good the Football Outsiders con- um, conversation on it, and while they they say that they're the only two on it, um, Mahomes has. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was ahead in efficiency. Mahomes was ahead in volume. And, um, you know, they kind of were leaning towards, well, they're pretty much the same, so the volume wins. Um, and now that they are back to being kind of even Stevens, that's even more true, where both by Sports Info Solutions data and Outsiders data, Mahomes is better. So Rodgers can't have these kinds of, not, no, not that we care about awards, who cares? Win the Super Bowl, that's all that really matters. We do. But we also care about Bob Tanya not winning um, Pro Bowl over Evan Ingram. So we do care. If you if you want content, you go for the awards and the uh, the accolades it's... and the respect categories. I, I just don't see. I, I I know that you're you you were trying to convince me that Rodgers was maybe even the front runner last week. I mean, the Chiefs now are far and away the best team in the NFL, and I just don't see how you don't reward Patrick Mahomes for that. I mean, with the Steelers falling off a cliff, it's <laughs> Ooh, it's Kansas bad. City and everybody else. And yeah, dude, wow, holy smokes, what a week! <laughs> the Jets beating the Rams, which was huge for the Packers. I it mean, really, really was. That game a was massive benefit to the Packers, and and a really harmful victory for the Jets too. You, know, you just don't expect that kind of thing to happen. Incredible, <laughs> and I mean, a harmful a victory for Gardner Minshew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, his 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 starting days just got a lot more numbered. I mean, Adam Gase, who will not be coach of the next successful Jets team, nope. just really really will never be welcome back into New York, uh, at least by the segment of fans that still cheer for the Jets. That's uh, That is a tough, tough beat. I, what are the Rams doing? Like, I, I can't believe that the Bengals and the the Bengals and the Jets won in the same week and they beat playoff teams. That just <laughs> blows my mind. That's beyond understanding and description. It also any just given goes to Sunday, baby. Totally. And the Chiefs are, Chiefs are legitimately the only team that I think cannot, won't lose to just anyone. I put the Packers in there, the Saints. Those teams can lose to anybody. Well, the Saints definitely Certainly can. The Rams and Steelers can. The Saints quarterback is a problem right now, and so that's definitely true. Um, however, worth noting that the Chiefs almost lost to the Broncos a few weeks ago. They, they won 22-16. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, 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 listening to the same podcast, they've had a ton of really close victories and have definitely gotten lucky in a bunch of them. They, they, in fact, I believe they have. Oh, geez, going by six consecutive one-score wins for the Chiefs, which is usually not a sign no. of consecutive. I think so. Carolina by two, uh, Raiders by four, Buccaneers by three, Broncos by six, Dolphins by six, and Saints by three. So six consecutive. So they're not pulling they the doors needed, off. They people. needed the Raiders to like royally. The Raiders really screwed up in order for the Chiefs to win. They did that game was and atrocious, I, and the Raiders. I vaguely out. remember. Didn't Carolina screw up too? Uh, I do like, not. I don't remember the Carolina Chiefs game. <laughs> I, I, don't, like I, I don't even think Carolina does. <laughs> <laughs> so, quick story: uh, I have a crazy psychotic eight-year-old boy who was in the survivor pool with us with some friends, and uh, the one loss is to the Raiders, I believe, Raiders Chiefs, and he. He he just went was like super Chiefs fan that week because he decided that was the week he was going to pick the Chiefs and then they somehow lose that game. I still don't know how they lost that game and my son lost his damn mind. So this week he was watching. God, my son is 
just a monster. Uh, so this week, yeah, uh, we're watching the Chiefs, and and obviously I explained to him that it was really good for the Packers if the Chiefs won. So he looks at me, deadpans, and he's like, "Well, Chiefs, the Chiefs always lose when I cheer for them, so they're destined to lose this week." Uh, My eight-year-old son, they're destined to he, lose. He literally wow. used the word "destined." Yeah, he's a he's Portal. smart, but he's a terrible, terrible thing. So uh it balances out. It's just like geez, <laughs> geez, you really are turning into your father. That was super fast. I didn't think uh I didn't think it would take that, you know, just those first few years, but sure enough, here he is, destined to lose. Harsh. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So uh anything else that we want to talk about from this from this victory ish? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think there's too much else to say. It's good the defense. Was Avon good. Austin played a game. He did. Mike. He he was it, he is listed in participation. Mike Pettin's um, job getting more secure every week that they play garbage teams with bad offenses. So that is the thing that's happening. I hate Mike Pettin so much. Me too. He's gonna he's gonna ride it out here. They're gonna end up looking way oh. better than they should. So the the Packers punted from the op- opponent's forty one. That did happen, didn't it? It did. Um, however, do you know why that was brilliant? I don't. Why was it? J.K. Brilliant? Scott is averaging between thirty-nine and forty-one yards a punt. <laughs> <laughs> so there you uh, go. Tw- he had a good game. That was my. I, I always like to pick out like what my best tweet of the game was. That was my best tweet of the game, and no one thought it was funny. It's pretty funny. Said, J.K. Scott is averaging. That's He's averaging forty. That's the one that went to the one yard line yeah, too. It right? went to the it one yard to line. The I said, I said, this is not a this is not a test of his skill. This is a test of standard deviation. <laughs> <laughs> a good game though, J.K. Scott did for once. Uh, that uh, I was more encouraged about that game than most people were because I really I think I said it on the last week's podcast. I did have a feeling the Panthers were going to win. I thought between the running game, their screen game, the fact that they play a lot of these close games against good teams, I thought that it's at Lambeau. Thought maybe they'd catch the Packers. I don't know if it was really in jeopardy per se, but uh, I felt like they played so well in the first half, defensively especially. Felt pretty good about that. And yeah, it wasn't clicking in the second half, but I I feel like they can beat this Titans team. I mean, Titans are better than the Packers. I think it's, I don't know if that's, that's certainly not inarguable. I think it's probably true that the Titans are better than the Packers, but I think the Packers can win this game for sure. Well, I think Matt LaFleur thinks that Mike Vrabel would whoop his ass. He did say that. That is like, true. Literally, it's... <laughs> Did you know that, JR? Sorry, my microphone came unplugged, or my uh, headphones. <laughs> I actually missed the entire point. Give it, give it to uh, me again. Matt LaFleur said that uh, Vrabel would whoop his ass. Well, he would. That's absolutely <laughs> accurate. Totally. <laughs> I just, I would like to know like why that, that topic was brought up. Yeah. <laughs> me too. What? Do we have a power rankings of the most like domineering head coaches in football? Without Mike Singletary, there aren't there aren't some obvious ones. Yeah, but, I mean uh, it's it's Vrabel. Um, who else is a former who is the... player that's still around and not too old? <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. Um, Bill Belichick secretly. Is I was getting, you know what? Like like yes, I would. He would. I would totally play dirty. Bill so Belichick, throw sand in your eye, kick you in the groin. Uh, well, like, I was thinking. I was thinking more like he would have like a like rat poison under his fingernails and like scratch your oh, like, a, like a warlock that's cool like not uh, technically I, against the rules i think he's like the what's the simpsons character is it wally willie who like willie. is ripped and you don't that's, know it that's yeah. willie willie yeah. groundskeeper willie that's what bill belichick is he's like secretly ripped <laughs> and will crush you 
Uh, but yeah. by the numbers, Tennessee is not better than the Packers. By the way, um, they're about the same. Okay. They're about the same on offense as the Packers, but they're actually much worse on defense. They're uh, they're twenty eighth in DVOA on defense. The Packers are actually low twenties now. Oh, eighteenth. Look at look at us. Mike Patton's so saved. Yeah, Ugh. this is so dangerous. Um, When's the last time the Packers played somebody who was who was in the teens or better on DVOA on defense, though? I feel like they're getting one of the bottom three teams on defense every single Bears? week. Yeah, probably the Bears. Um, sure. See. Okay, the Bears. Yeah, I can go to one of my many charts on this question too. So. They don't count because they have Trubisky on the other side of the ball. Oh, man. That's not it's, which is funny because there are all these think pieces about Trubisky this week that are like, okay, he's playing better, oh, but don't so believe it. Stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, don't believe it. Of course not. And I'm over here like, yes, yes, believe it. He's in the Trubisky. Yeah, so the, the last good defenses. No, the Bears are getting out of that business. The Colts and the Bears both have good defenses, and they put a whole bunch of points on both of them. And uh, the 49ers sure were did. the 49ers have a good defense, but there were no healthy players in that game, so you can carve that one out too. Mm-hmm. Um, and really going back to the Buccaneers before that, were the the other team with a good one. They lost that game. The Saints, they have a good defense, but they were also kind of banged up for that game. I've I, did Marshawn Lattimore play in that? I forget. I don't think he did. Anyways. I think he did. Yeah. Did he? Oh, okay. Lattimore did play in that game. All right. Uh, Tennessee's defense is the Saints were pretty pretty banged up on offense. Yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee's awful. Yeah. So Tennessee's really bad. bad. They're they're okay at uh, at number one receivers and slot receivers. They're the worst team in the league at guarding tight ends. Um, so Bob should be used a lot in this game more than he usually is that would be a good way to attack them coupled with coupled with aaron Rodgers' desire to make make a point that tunyon should be in the pro bowl what do we think five touchdowns for big bob in this game <laughs> good timing on that actually that's a good point because they will want to emphasize that and i'm sure they know that they suck um also quite bad against pass catching running backs but the packers don't seem to be doing that lately so not sure how that's going to work they're actually the better than the panthers and lions but still atrocious um, uh, the one place they might run into trouble is they're pretty good against number one receivers. They're 12th um, and much worse against number twos. That's usually MVS's position. Um, that's 20th. So um, you will want to get some MVS production and some Bob production in this game. And, um, you know, MVS is, is a wild card. Never quite sure how that's going to go. Um, and the other Do thing is... Do you think they can mitigate... Oh, go ahead. You uh, keep talking about it. That's all right. The other thing here is like... It's hard to blow the doors off of the Titans. Like, you know, they got out against the Panthers and could just sit on the lead. That's not going to... The Panthers, or the Titans aren't great at coming back. We can talk about why in a second. But the offense is good. It's not like they're just going to score 20 points and stop. This is a team capable of putting up 40 just like the Packers without too much trouble. Uh, tough matchup. What What do you think Derrick Henry's going to get on the ground? That's the big thing. <laughs> um. I think you set the over under at 150 and see see what happens. I, I, honestly, I take the over at 150. Um, I, yeah, I would too. I'll go over 150. <laughs> the Packers aren't as bad as they usually are against the run. They're 22nd. They're usually like dead last. But this Derrick Henry has basically rushed for 125 yards or more against any team that doesn't have a top 10 run defense this year. Uh, and in doing so, has averaged at least 4.7 yards per carry in such situations. And usually he's closer to six. Uh, he has two games this year where he averages nine yards a carry, <laughs> um, and oh with with over twenty carries in both of them. So this strikes me as an especially bad matchup for the Packers. Even if they are a little better against the run, like 
Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin are not big linebackers. Uh, Chris Barnes in particular is a teeny tiny guy. He's way smaller than Derrick Henry. And if he gets to the second level untouched, that's not a good thing. That's very bad. Kevin King's not going to tackle Derrick Henry. Got those ankles, kid. Yeah, hit, hit him low because that's your only chance of living. Um, it, it's, it seems we bad. We know why. Why do you think, to, to go back to our previous discussion about MVP, why isn't Derrick Henry all the way up in this conversation? And and maybe he is. You, you know the answer. <laughs> That's yeah, nice. I, I mean, but but like when you think of the Titans, you picture Derrick Henry, right? Like running. Yes, running backs are not are not as valued as they once were. But you're talking about somebody who could probably who could get to two thousand yards, which is a hell of a milestone. It is. Um, usually a milestone that gets people's attention. He is the face of this team's success. Like no one, no one. You know, I guy, guy beat the Patriots in the playoffs last year, and I'm still not sure people know who the quarterback is for the Tennessee Titans. So, like, he is he is like the singular focus of this team, and he is incredible. So, like, I, I don't know. I feel like he should at least get some some run. It's just going to be a quarterback award for, through the end of time. Right, the just, MVP. You just made me realize that I had to think about who the Titans quarterback. Come on. It's <laughs> like I was like, is See? it is, is it Tannehill? Am I wrong? So, so you know it is Tannehill, right? I'm not. It's I'm not Ryan looking. Tannehill, and <laughs> just so you know, the Titans right now are second in passing DVOA and second what? in and second good. in rushing DVOA. In fact, See? let's talk about running backs for a second because this actually matters a lot. The Packers are second in offensive DVOA overall. The Titans are third in offensive DVOA overall, so they're below the Packers. The Titans, uh, sorry, the Packers are second, are, are third in passing and fifth in rushing. The Titans are second in passing and second in rushing, but the Packers are ahead of them. Can you solve the mystery as to why? Passing is more important than running by a lot. That's right, and Tennessee runs <laughs> way more than they pass, and especially compared to the Packers. So even though the Packers are worse at both things than the Titans, because the Packers do the more efficient one more often, they rank higher than the Titans. And that's why Derrick Henry is not the MVP, <laughs> because there are two quarterbacks that blow him out of the water value-wise this year. No. Some some years, maybe you could make that argument if you don't have the Mahomes Rodgers is playing like they would be. I still wouldn't make it, but I could see why people would. But this year, there's no question. Rodgers and Mahomes are way more valuable than any running back is capable of being. <laughs> Here, you're assuming the 50 voters for the MVP even have a laptop, let yeah. alone a spreadsheet open on their laptop that talks <laughs> about DVOA or EPA or anything Good of point. the sort. Good point. So I, I, finished, I finished Wade Phillips' book last week. Uh, son of bum highly recommend it he talks about the time when his dad was head coach gm for the oilers and they moved up to first overall to pick earl campbell because uh bum phillips said he went, he looked at all his all of his scouts and said i want each one of you who have seen earl campbell in person to tell me a single football player you have ever seen in your life who is better and none of them could think of of anyone who is better in person than earl campbell Okay. Nowadays, you can pretty much easily do that with any running back. <laughs> you can look at any running back and go, yeah, like I can name five guys that are better than that guy. True. Running backs were different back then, too. Yeah. It, yeah. And they, they were the the workhorse back is dead, yeah. sadly. Tennessee's I all- once got a toe in the middle of Indiana from a guy who claimed to be Earl Campbell's backup at Texas. And I asked his name because <laughs> I'm thinking the whole time, I don't believe you. Yep. 
Well, you know, like you could find all the rosters. He wasn't on any of them, but like, uh, you know, well, that story, that very quick story is if you're going to lie, lie about something that is unverifiable that is on the, the way, internet. Thank you. That is the way to lie. Uh, you could always claim you were like a Rudy guy, not on the official roster. Totally. Oh, I was on a walk. I was a walk on it. Yeah. Some nonsense. I like was 2006 that. time person of the year. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I actually did pick the Titans in my official pick this week against the Packers because I do. The, so normally Henry, if you have a decent rush defense, is going to be not a drag, but like they'll they'll run too much. And yeah, Henry might bust off a huge couple giant ones, but it can keep you in the game if you pass a lot. But I just their their run defense just has let us down so many times against. Yeah, he's run. he's going to run for 185 and three touchdowns. Like, but that's not going to matter. <laughs> Delvin Cook just did it to us a couple weeks ago, especially if the weather's bad, and then the passing game isn't bad it's good like um cory davis and um aj brown is that is that right i think that's right um hollywood not hollywood they're no, other the receiver on the tight hollywood plays pro bowl receiver um i, I think for Raven. Yeah. yeah i think it's aj brown i i i should cory davis former first rounder pulling him up now um yeah, AJ Are Bob. you having a hard time remembering the Titans? I'm so tired. Ha, ah, that was great. Uh, you win. You win the podcast. <laughs> well done. Um. Anyway, well they're done. they're both top ten. God, DVOA I hate your receivers. jokes, Mattel, but that one that one I liked. That was excellent. Um. So they this is they're very kind of Viking similar in how they're built because they do have two yeah. top ten receivers just like Jefferson and Thielen. They have a great running back in Derrick Henry, although unlike Dalvin Cook, he doesn't catch passes. He catches about two a game. He's broken one this year. If he gets out on the outside against Kevin King, he'll break one this week. But um, hopefully that doesn't happen. But uh, the, I, it's just hard to see how the Packers are going to totally shut them down. They have a good receiver on Kevin King. They'll have a running back that's a giant man that against our small inside linebackers, <laughs> and uh, you know it's a shootout and they're built to play a shootout against the Packers. So um, if the weather's bad at all, that hugely favors the Titans. Right now, there's a forty percent chance of snow. Um, in excess of ten mile an hour winds are in the forecast for um, Sunday night. So I'm I'm not digging it. I'm not liking the Packers' chances. But there are a couple weaknesses the Titans have. One of the big ones is that they're completely reliant on play action um, to make the passing game work. Tannehill is basically a deep passer and can't do really anything else. They're one of the worst teams in third hey, and wait, long. Wait, wait. Yeah. Before you spell it out, I want J- JR. Why is it important that their their offense is predicated off of play action? <laughs> uh, I really don't know what you want me to say here. What like Why is that a good matchup for the Packers? Uh, let's see. Let's see what you've learned. I still don't know what you want me to say. Yeah, it's a good matchup for the Packers because Mike Pettin does not give one good goddamn about the run game. Uh, so the I Packers, see. The, the Packers bail uh, bail out and sell for the pass. That's true. I have a feeling they will give at least one half goddamn for this running game. That's all I'm saying here. Well, no, <laughs> I just I want to make sure that you, as the everyman, is following along at home do we know <laughs> that the packers are better against play action than anybody else in the league that we i, I they were at the beginning the of the season i haven't looked it up in a while but i do think that i think they're better than your, your average team um but they're also better just against the pass than they are against the run by a substantial amount um and they really do play off it they, they play so much nickel it just is like normally i would say that the running back doesn't really matter to set a play action i, I do think here if the Packers are trained to not buy play, play action and not give into it, 
that the Titans can make them do that by running Henry into their weakness a bunch of times. So I do think that can happen here. And their weakness is Christian Kirksey. God, is he a weakness. Another thing that's good for the Packers, though, like the Titans really struggle in third and long situations, much more than most other teams. Can't really run play action out of third (laughs) and long. Derrick Henry is not useful in third and long. He is not a good pass catcher. He actually comes off the field a lot in third and long. And the Packers are actually really kind of good in third and long. I know it doesn't seem like it. I know it seems like Petten puts guys Does not seem two like yards it. past. I, I, I understand this. I, I understand that if your eye test is is swearing at me right now. I get that. I am too. I looked it up. Um, both Sports Info Solutions and Outsiders agree that they're a top 10 defense in third and long situations. They're much worse in third and medium and uh, third and short. They suck something awful in those two situations. But you get Where are they in fourth now? Uh, they lump those together, third and fourth in short, medium, and long. So everything I'm saying about third okay, down. So that's there's your problem. On they give up so many yards on third and long. So it, it yeah it, they get the stop on third and nine, but now it's fourth and fourth one and short, and, they and give the team up. goes for it. Fair so enough. I, yeah. So so that's I think that's where the statistic is falling behind. You don't think they'll stop Derrick Henry on fourth and short in in this game at all? But oh by the way, the Titans. <laughs> well, Titans well, let's see. Titans and Packers also okay. the two teams that go for it the most on fourth down this year. So you will definitely see Super. plenty of that. Um, Ryan Tannehill is athletic Kirk Cousins. And we saw what una- unathletic Kirk Cousins does against Christian Kirksey. Yeah. And with Derrick Henry, the Packers are going to have to play a lot of base. So we're going to see a lot of Christian Kirksey, yep. regardless a, of if he was. It's a fascinating matchup. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it, even though I think that they'll, they'll lose. And if they don't. Let's just get, just get good and drunk. And enjoy the game from an analytical standpoint. I, I like it. That's what I'm planning on doing. I, I do think from that... a tiebreaker perspective, yep. they ahead. they win this game and Seattle loses. That's all that has to happen. They will, they will have the one seed wrapped up. So that's it would be nice to do that so that you don't it have would. to be worried about you know everything going the on Bears. in week 17. But that that Bears game is a much bigger, much bigger deal. Yep, this one matters, but not a super amount. Um, I do want them to get the one seed just so they don't have too many games at Lambeau in the playoffs. But uh, AFC game, not that big a deal. Could be worse. Um, I, I did quickly just run how good the Packers are when the other team has outside corners in the top half. And uh, it didn't show me anything that insightful. But Aaron Rodgers is more likely to have these kind of stinker games or halves like against Carolina when a team does. And... Titans are kind of on the, the, the outside of where it starts to matter with a 12th and a 20th. They're like perfectly average. I don't think it'll matter unless it's windy, but uh, they're not atrocious. It's not like the Lions out there with just total trash on defense. Uh, so w- worth noting, the Packers should not take their foot off the gas at all in this game, and hopefully they won't. But the Titans, they, they're going to have to get a little more creative than normal. Um, and uh, like I want Bob to have 200 in this game because that's how I would play this game, honestly. This would be my my Bob like just dominates the game game. What if this is like the one where like Sternberger comes out of nowhere? Uh, that's possible. Uh, tight ends are are all good against this Titans team, and if they want to use multiples and you know get a couple quick shots to Mercedes and then use Sternberger, that would be a, not a bad idea. I'm I'm kind of on board with that. Like what if they ran? What if they ran twenty two with? Uh, let's just say let's just get weird. Aaron Jones and Tavon Austin in the backfield <laughs> with Tunyon and Sternberger or Tunyon and, and uh, Mercedes and Devontae out wide. And like, just like, like Rogers is loving this RPO crap 
and throwing throwing the the short pass anyway. So why not run like this twenty two personnel stretch alert looky and put Devontae on the slant that they love putting him on, even though he's bad at it this year. <laughs> I'm on board. You've sold me. It did I just I just blacked out for a second. Did I say smart things? Yeah, you did. You um, said the word looky. Yeah. <laughs> Last, last. Let's thing. get so, to questions. Real, real oh, quick, one thing before questions. One thing before questions. Oh, two things. I was going to say, Brett, Brett Favre claims to have invented the RPO. Yes, he does. He, he does claim that. The, I've heard that. The one, the one step slant he referred to as a look. That was the, the. So some people call it a dart. JTO Packers legend JTO Sullivan refers to that the one step slant as a dart. Um, Rogers used to say, or Rogers uh, Favre used to say to um, Freeman, said if. If you see that your corner's playing off, run a look. And he goes, there you go. Brett Favre invented RPO. All right. <laughs> Last thing. Um, the Titans are a decent run defense team. They're 16th, perfectly middle of the pack, so it's not like you can just ride Jones all day. Um, the, the, the Henry versus Packer matchup is much better than the Jones versus Titan matchup. Not not much better, but enough that it matters. So, um, Hopefully they can grind out Aaron Jones. It's not a super tough matchup. But if you get into a like run versus run situation due to weather or anything else, definitely favors Tennessee, not not us. All right, let's do questions. PJ Wessels, we kind of talked about this. One win in the last two games gets Green Bay the one seed. How much better would you feel about the team if they clinch with a win this week compared to a win in week 17? I'd feel much better because this team is much better. Losing this game and then beating the Bears is... It's not limping in, but you know it's nice to get those wins over playoff teams to kind of show what you're made of, and uh, it also a little nerve wracking if you do lose this game. It's not like the the Bears are the Bears are bad, but the Bears are you know bad in interesting ways. They do have a good defense. David Montgomery's been a lot better lately, um, and yes, Mitch is terrible, but Mitch is not completely incapable. So um, you, you want to get it done this week. So Matt Matt's cracking up at my Mitch is not completely incapable. <laughs> He's so, Jay, for those for those listening at home, Jr. is currently on a tour of his house. I have to get I have to get a power cord power. before my before my computer dies. Oh no! And I can I can hear cackling laughter in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I will mute. You guys figure it out. I have until done I this fix, walk so fix. many times. All right. So ne- so P- PJ Wessels. Yes. We, I, I answered PJ. How do you feel about it? Yes. Uh, which I, was, I was so distracted by JR. <laughs> JR just put his laptop on the ground. It was a very unflattering angle. <laughs> I'm so distracted. To say the least. Uh, okay, so are we on Tim's question? Let's now? do Did Tim's I... question until JR gets That's back. Timber. Timber. Uh, also from Patreon. <laughs> still... I don't even know why my wife is laughing. I think she's watching like a SNL special or something. Anyway, uh, watching SNL, Timber. She's laughing. I think I, I I don't know where I put my phone, but Tim Braun asked uh, if it's concerning that it seems like they do take the foot off the gas on offense. You know, this all gas, no break thing that Matt LaFleur is known for. Yep. We did not see it against Carolina. I think it's a hard thing to actually do in real life. They can say that, but the one thing you don't want to do once the game is in hand is get guys hurt. And so there's always going to be a tendency, a tendency to protect people, even if you're not benching guys to take them off the field. Um, to expose them to less danger. So when they go to those quick throws for Aaron, when they still think they should be passing, a lot of that is just so he doesn't get crushed. And, you know, you can run Aaron Jones to run the clock out, but without without uh, Jamal there, 
that's extra wear and tear on him too. So um, they should, they take their foot off the gas too early. They get themselves in, it hasn't burned them yet, but they do it too early. But there is a reason for it. Like you don't want to have some important person, you know, suffer some serious injury when they're up by three touchdowns. That's that's also bad. So there, there's trying, there's semi-trying, and then, you know, there's kneeling the ball at the end of the game or just grinding out a few carries. Um, and they find themselves in that middle category a lot. And I just don't think they have a kind of a good safe play set that's effective. That's That's what it really seems to be more than anything else. Man, if only they had a 230-pound power back that they could feed yeah, for who, three yards to carry. Who costs nothing in money and is just sitting <laughs> behind two guys. That'd be awesome. Hey, you know what? I, I take issue with A.J. Dillon and something I've not talked about on this podcast yet. Okay. A.J. Dillon claims that he, squ- he squats 765. That is, that is eight plates aside. Okay. That is a phenomenal fathomable number and the reason that i take issue with uh aj dylan saying he squats 765 is number one no vid no did <laughs> those are the rules you cannot say a number without some evidence to back it up aaron Rodgers claims that he squats 405 i squat 440 and i'm i i've, I've, I've seen specifically no, trained i've seen no video to back this up so i, I don't know that i you believe well, you don't follow my lift Instagram. Okay. Your brother does. Shout out to Of course he does. <laughs> so, All right. So, so you don't believe that AJ can do that. Okay. Also, AJ Dillon is under 23 years old. In the lifting world, that makes you a junior. Okay. Junior. Let's say, let's say AJ <gasps> Dillon weighs just over 230 pounds. He could easily do a water cut down to 105 kilograms, which is 231, something like that. Um. The world record in the 105 kilogram weight class is 720. So he is claiming that that he squats 40 pounds more than the person who is literally the best squatter ever. Okay, so, so you don't believe he's the best squatter ever? I get that. No, I don't believe it. I, I don't out. believe that that the Packers running back is the best squatter ever. I believe he probably can unrack 765 and go like this a little bit. <laughs> this is like Pat Robertson claiming he can leg press two thousand pounds, right? Same thing. Yes. Well, like I don't know if you guys, if you've, oh, I guess Jr. His laptop died, so he's not. <laughs> Jr. Going to be will be back shortly. Until then, it will be back. <laughs> um, but uh, Larry Allen, probably one of, if not the most athletically gifted human beings to ever play football. Yep. Larry Allen could bench press six hundred pounds with a bro bounce and a very heavy uh, spot. Like with someone with two hands on the bar holding it the whole time, and he bounces it off his chest. It's there was I think it was seven hundred he did, which is amazing. Um, in competition, less than a dozen men have ever uh, bench pressed seven hundred pounds raw, without assistance, like a, a an a assistive shirt. So yeah, so when football players claim that they can do like these literal superhuman numbers, it always kind of bothers me. Fair enough, I get that makes sense. All right, I. I so um, my, my friend Scott, who lives in Austria, he sent an email. Uh, for people who want to email, don't email the as eligible address because I never check it. And if you have been emailing it, um, just just uh, DM me or go to the Discord or hit the Patreon up. That's really the way to do it. If you must email, use my personal email account, which I will tell you later, but not on this podcast. Anyway, uh, he wanted to point Why out- Why did you set up auto-forwarding? 
it is. It doesn't work all the time. It, like, uh, stuff ends up in spamming <laughs> it. It's, it's. I set it up in Gmail, and it it did it for about two months, and then it just stopped. And I go and check it every once in a while, and it doesn't work. And I've set it up again, and just doesn't auto forward like it should. So, um, I think it's something algorithmically with me not checking enough of it. But uh, yeah, so not great. Anyway, um, Scott wanted to point out that we mentioned last week that. Um, the Packers had many times before um, either succeeded in the playoffs due to special teams like Desmond Howard or or failed due to Brendan Bostic. He wanted to point out, we actually forgot that stupid Seahawks game. They didn't just have the Bostic blunder. They also got burned earlier on the fake field goal um, that Seattle ran against them because they knew our terrible linebacker, whose name eludes me. Brad Jones. Brad Jones just didn't maintain his responsibilities and so that they capitalized on that. So, yeah, we, there were two things that cost us that game on special teams. That game sucks. Um, but good point. Um, totally forgot about that. It, it was a disaster, and we should fire Sean Menenga still. Um, let's go to some Twitter questions. Um, J.D., we already answered you. Um, Bob was not the biggest snub in Pro Bowl history, but uh, it, it's a it's up there. It's a good call. I, I do think Bakhtiari probably has recent claim to that for sure. Um, Tremont also a good call. Tanya may be the biggest discrepancy between his value and the guy who made it ahead of him. That That's possible. Um, Bakhtiari has missed it, but other good left tackles have made it. Uh, Tremont missed it for other good corners. Bob not making it for Engram is probably the biggest um, quality discrepancy that there's ever been because that's just asinine. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, so uh, Quentin Wetzel asks, who is more valuable, Mason Crosby or Aaron Jones? Uh, well, Crosby, while perfect on field goals, is not perfect on extra points and True. doesn't have a ton of volume this year. He's only got, he's got less than 20 field goals so far. They don't kick he's a like lot 19, of 19, I think. He has he, made a few huge ones, no. though, too. Like, he's banging through some 57-yarders and stuff. I don't know. So, I think it's close. It is close. Um, and also there's, I, I should also, me being the special teams guy, there's buzz that Hunter Bradley is so bad and J.K. Scott is so bad as a holder that that is actually affecting Mason Crosby's extra point kicking. Yep. And he has kicked the laces multiple times. Oof. I mean, that's terrible. Um, so I'll, there, that's just, I can't confirm that. Yeah. Ollie and Crosby... Um, so not, not not as a rip on air. So I know this this sounds like it's just making fun of running backs and us saying running backs don't matter. <laughs> um, here's the thing, though. Uh, there's been a lot of bad kicking this year. Um, a lot of teams have lost games multiple times from missed kicks. The, the Vikings are out of the playoffs because their kicker had a bad week. Um, and Mason is super reliable. You know, outside of that one year of his career, you know what you're getting. He kind of does the same thing every year. And that's worth a lot. Kickers don't work often. But they work very high leverage situations. They are often in winning and losing scenarios, so they can swing games more than a lot of other positions can. So um, you need Aaron Jones too. Aaron Jones is not, a, a, you know, invaluable. He, he doesn't lack value. He is very good. Um, you can make a good argument that he helped win them the game against Carolina that just happened. So that's fine too. But I do think, uh, in the aggregate, Mason and his incredible reliability puts them over the top just a ton. And would you rather be the Bears with whatever trash they've had over the last few years or the Vikings with um, that poor guy who's still on the team? Um, I, I'll i take Mason in that argument. So the 
Also, you got to remember the Vikings signed Dan Bailey, who at like last year, two years yeah. ago, was the most accurate kicker in the history of the NFL. He was. <laughs> and I think even with all his misses this year, he's like six. He's still very good. He, he just seems to have, they come in clumps for him, which is not a good way for a kicker to be. <laughs> you can't. I got him. a. I got a uh, comment on Twitter from uh, my buddy Dave Oz, Oz the Cheesehead, saying that oh, yeah. he thinks that it's a. A Zimmer problem. He thinks that, that Zimmer is verbally abusive to kickers and gets in their head. Does he know anything? So <laughs> I just say he thinks he's like Zimmer hates kickers. He's probably in the kicker's head and ruins them. Uh, like right. no, there's no proof to that, but it's a as good of a theory as any as to why the Vikings kickers are cursed. Yeah, uh, it can't be that he can't be that bad to him because he would have cut him for that game, and he didn't. He stuck with him. Fair. Wetzel did have a comment as opposed to a question, though. He had two. He had did a, you see his comment? Uh, I did, but I was going to ignore it. But oh, uh, go ahead. You're going to ignore it's, it. It's useful. Well, he said he said this isn't a question, but as a Packer and an Illinois yeah. fan, we don't want Lovey Smith as the DC. He sits back in zone, refuses to adjust scheme to personnel or matchups, relies on turnover for any success. So basically, he's Dom Capers. He's Mike Patton. He's. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, most of that's true. Um, I think the biggest problem with Lovey is that his defense relies on a very, very, very good middle linebacker um, who is good in coverage and can drop back and take away the middle of the field and occasionally prevent, you know, get pressure on a quarterback too. Like Brian Urlacher's don't grow on trees. They're really hard to get. So um, if if you don't get one of those, doesn't work anymore. And when when they're really money, they they force punts and stuff. They're aggressive, but yeah. You're 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 fundamentally right. I I do think that it's probably not going to work anymore. Um, all right, let's do let's do a couple more and wrap up. So, um, I, uh, Ryan, I, I think we kind of we kind of took the uh, the, the why, I don't know why he runs bubble screens and things like that, other than that they look safe. Um, but uh, we'll we'll never know the answer as to why. Maybe they work in practice. Maybe tackling is just not there. Who knows? But they suck. We we have proved mathematically that they suck. Um, and uh, let's see. Our, our our good friend um, Schlong Connery, whose name is <laughs> name is just outstanding. Um, ask any worries about Matt Lafleur's lack of adjustments when the game plan stalls, and how many of the bubble screens from Rogers are on RPO? Um, quite a few, about half. Um, so there there are a lot of them that are on Rogers throwing them. Although it, it, it's probably the correct read. I mean. We could put the RPO on Rodgers for making the read, but the play call itself is not Rodgers' play call, and there is a correct read and an incorrect read, and it's not like he makes the wrong one most of the time. It's just a stupid play. Like, don't do it. Um, and I think I think Matt adjusts pretty well most of the time. Um, I haven't picked up on a huge pattern as to when he has problems, and uh, it's probably just young coach things. Um, he's had a few games this year where I think they've done a decent job at halftime and come out, but... Um, this one was humming along nicely. I think it was more just getting conservative. I don't know. Any disagreement, Matt? Um, yeah. Like it's funny is is the dichotomy between Lafleur correcting his actions mid game versus Lafleur correcting his actions after the game. Why can't you just do that during the game? Yeah, has always been my issue. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I think it's. Yeah, I guess we could just chalk it up to being young and not having an answer for it. But, like, for example, the RPOs. Like, yeah, half of those bubble screen whatevers were RPOs. Maybe it was the right read based on the way <laughs> the defensive line shifted or whatever. But, yeah. hey, LaFleur, maybe 
maybe call those as a slant. Maybe, maybe like it's funny is is uh, Ryan's the end of his question said, "Why don't you just run mesh?" And that's kind of my joke. I mean, run it mesh works until so you much. Can't. I wonder how much you would have to run it before it stopped being effective. I, I think. I think if you if you put someone in motion and you read man coverage, you just audible to mesh. You should. Just I agree. <laughs> it works every time. There's All right. and the the Tunyon the Tunyon rub was and it wasn't even mesh. It was just like like someone ran like a uh, it was like a like a like a one step stop. Tunyon ran underneath him and rubbed two guys off. It was gorgeous. Um the floor can dial up that kind of stuff easily. Yep. Don't know why he doesn't do it more often. Yep. I think that also. Uh, also I think I heard JR cough. <laughs> yeah. <Ew. laughs> All right. It's been an arduous journey to get back into this place. Holy smokes. Just in time. It's crazy. Yeah, my microphone doesn't work. My computer was giving me blue screens. I oh, lost no. all consciousness. <laughs> Folks, if you don't plug in your computer before it dies. Holy crap. I, I was like right next to the power outlet about to plug it in and she went into her uh, coma. So. Oh, that's the worst. We're, we're assigning gender to our laptops now. Um, I, it's yes, like boats I and suppose. cars. Cheap. I think you, you guys really should be done by now. I don't have, know what the hell's taking you so long. We have one question. Oh, I was, and it's just I was for complaining Matt, about so. AJ Dillon. Yeah. I see. There's only one oh question God. left. Uh, it it's the... from McSchlubbin and it's for Matt. It's not for anybody else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have Todd Bowles our, be our new? Would you rather have Todd Bowles be our new defensive coordinator next year, but replace Jair Alexander with Ahmad Carroll in his prime, or keep Petten and get Fred Warner? What the hell is he talking about, Matabo? He's, he's just like, like, hey man, would you rather get kicked in the face or punched in the balls? Those are your options. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, it's... so answer the question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're both bad. The answer is they're both, both bad. Like and and so literally my response to this in in the Discord was why do you guys want to hurt me? And four people within 3 minutes had a crying laughing emoji response to that. <laughs> so here's your your RAE homework for the weekend. One, I want everyone to go look up the 105 kg IPF junior squat record. Tell Jesus, me you think Jesus that AJ nobody's up. doing that. Oh <laughs> Give god. better homework. Oh my god! It's Christmas. Two, for god's sake. I want you to join the Discord and ask me nice questions on the Discord and not mean hypothetical. Like, would you rather sweat mayonnaise or shit softballs? Like the Alvo's question: Who's the better upgrade, J.K. Scott over Justin Vogel or Christian Kirksey over Blake Martinez? It's so mean. It's so mean. Uh, it's a good question because the answer, the answer is, is that Kirksey because he matters more. Yeah, I yeah, miss Vogel. I guess they're both bad upgrades. It's not Vogel good. was at least fun on Twitter. I like I like Vogel on Twitter. All right, let's wrap this up. So we we handled all your questions. Discord, you're too sassy. Um, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody any plugs? JR, how how's things going? 2010 bucks um, etc. Yeah, yeah, we uh the Giants game was a big game. That was uh uh the second to last game of the season. It was a must-win playoff game that posted at jsonline.com on Tuesday. Got the Bucks podcast. Bucks season begins on Wednesday. Jim Mozarski is going to go to Boston for that one. So uh so we did a podcast on that. You can find that at jsonline.com or you know your typical podcast outlets. Uh, wrote a wrote kind of a 
you know, short notice obituary on Kevin Green uh, yesterday when news broke that that the former Packers assistant, obviously Hall of Fame player that everyone everyone knows him from his playing career, but he was on that 2010 team. I mean, it was just sort of a, a, a weird stroke of serendipity to be writing about him at the same time yeah. that I'm, I'm researching and writing about 2010. Um, very sad. Uh, a lot of interest in that story. I was thinking I might go back and look at that coaching staff in 2010. There's a few interesting names on there. Winston Moss, uh, Ben McAdoo is on that. Uh, is on that. Uh, Mike, Mike Turkovic. Uh, so there, there's some familiar names, but you know, it's funny because these guys they toil in the NFL for years and years and years. And unless you're like a diehard fan, you don't really know them. You don't really know who the linebackers coach is most of the time. And uh, even even fans of the Packers probably don't know day who the linebackers coach is so uh i thought it might be nice to go revisit you know who was on that staff what they're up to now that sort of thing yeah that's a good idea that was very sad and kevin green also had one of the most memorable plays of the super bowl really with uh absolutely true instructing his linebackers to go and take the ball away uh, caught on tape which was great is this time Probably one of the greatest quotes from that Super Bowl. Obviously, you had Charles Woodson saying, "If the president doesn't want to come to us, we'll go visit him." Uh, that was a good line. Uh, Jay gonna throw us the ball. It's kind of that same run, but uh, it is time. That is, and that just perfectly exemplifies Kevin Green, right? Like he's a he's a spark plug. He's an energy guy. He's yep. just that like crazy go getter who's like he would be the type of coach on the sideline to just be you know pull pull his second year superstar aside and be like just just do it now now's the time and also did the uh, did the two most dangerous sports you can do in terms of living a long time yeah. because he spent quite quite some time as a professional wrestler too yeah not, uh, not good for uh, your health <laughs> yeah kind of a crossover athlete yes. sort of so to speak uh a perfect disposition for that uh, very sad. I'll be interested, obviously, to know. I think a lot of people will what the circumstances are. Somebody who, who passes away so young, I'm sure we'll find out here in the next few days. And yeah. uh, it's it's a tough business, man. Like you get a lot of great great players dying very young, and yep. it's sort of the uns. It's not even unspoken. It's, it's talked about, but it is the tragedy of football. This is a weird gladiator sport, and as much as we enjoy talking about it, there are some real life serious consequences to it that that really seem to. Sh- truncate the lifespans of the people who who thrive at it so uh it's it's just it sucks yeah it it is a brutal brutal activity all right matt got anything yeah so uh i'm currently working with show sponsor appleton coffee to create rae merch hey all right so we will have official yeah we will have official rae t-shirts possibly hoodies coming on appletoncoffee.com so stay tuned for that merch uh, with your face on it like our, uh, our banner? there is uh i did make a mock-up of merch with <laughs> with my my part of the logo on it and uh steve was like how vain are you that you're gonna wear a t-shirt with your own face <laughs> he gets it steve gets, totally it. gets a great it. guy uh so we went with for the first mock-ups we went with just the reporting is eligible text in the in the baseball font that I chose originally for this because you guys are baseball people. But yeah, so there's a fun fact. The reporting is eligible logo is a baseball specific font in honor of you too. All right. Cool. Thank you for putting that nice together to too. Um <laughs> I wrote about Big Bob at uh Acme Packing Company and why his shunning of from the Pro Bowl was especially bad. Um recap the game for Shepherd Express as well, and I'll have a preview of the Titans because this game is super interesting later on and make use of some of the charts that I talked about on the podcast. Let's not do that again. Um, but uh, uh, 
that will wrap it up for us this week. It's a, it is a Sunday night game this week, so it should be a fun one. And uh, everybody enjoy it. We'll be back um, after that and with, an, with another pod in between the holidays. And if I knew anybody who played pedal steel guitar, I would get-